right, what is going on, guys? It is the Chasing Waypoints podcast. We are ready for another episode. It is not Sunday, but we're recording this early. But you guys are going to be hearing this on Sunday. So, Sonora Rally Week is over and the guests continue. Had a lot of fun down there and uh, got a chance to meet somebody uh, really, really cool. Actually, interact with them a lot more. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen him in the rally world. Probably one of the most unique jackets out there. Maybe that's Mira Activewear. Did his jacket. But today's guest, as I'm working on sending him the link, so if I sound distracted, you know what it is. But today we have somebody pretty cool on the show. Let me send him the link here. Get him that info. Hope everybody's having a good week. I hope everybody had a chance to listen to the last episode. I believe that was 21 with Mason Klein. That was a pretty cool story. 19-year-old young gun in rally raid. Doing big things. Sending that over. What do you guys think about the intro song? I think it's pretty cool, right? I think it kind of fits. So let's see here. All right. All the fun in the world. Yeah, so uh, this week's guest, none other than Happy Dave. So, once again, I got a chance to work with him down at Sonora Rally. Got to see his adventures down there, and it was a bit of a ride for him. But, definitely had fun, and uh, I believe he even picked up an award for his efforts. So, I won't ruin it. We'll let him uh, talk a little bit about that. So, looks like the Hellas Rally is underway seeing posts of that going on then i got another rally here that's going to be a uh, stateside looking to learn a little bit more about it as going to be the coda rally going to be reaching out to those guys this week and hopefully we can get something set up get a chance to talk to them i think it'll be pretty cool from my understanding it is the first rally raid in the u.s fully permitted ready to go and i've been following them on social media and they have got some pretty cool pretty cool posts going so i am looking forward to seeing the terrain and what they're going to be doing uh, out there had a lot of people uh recommend it so i'm stoked this is gonna be good Turn the music here a little bit so we're waiting waiting for dave martin here to come in We've got, let's see, what do we got going on? So Sonora Rally is done. They're going to start working on their next episode. There's going to be the 2022. A lot of guys now, like Mason Klein, now setting their sights on the 2022 uh, Dakar Rally. So that should be should be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think this year is going to be very interesting. You've got Skylar Howes now with factory backing on that Rockstar Husky. Uh, you have got... Uh, some change up in the lineup. I believe that is the Quintanilla brother. No, we've got uh, KTM just picked up some new riders too. 
I'm drawing a blank. Today was definitely a day. So if I don't seem like I'm on my on my game or whatever I consider my game, uh, you know why. So anyway, so yeah, so that was good. Good, good showing. I think there's going to be a lot of mix up this year. Hopefully we're going to see some uh, different names up at the top on the leaderboard. Uh, will Honda make it three in a row? Um, you know, now that they've they've done two, uh, they only left one spot on the podium for KTM this past year. So uh, we'll see what they do for this coming year. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we get, uh, get all three Hondas up there. Maybe KTM takes it back. I don't know. What do you guys think? We're going to see a KTM on the podium. We're going to see a Husky on the podium. Podium. I'd like to see a Husky, personally. I think that would be pretty cool. They're pretty same bike, just different color schemes. I don't know if there's any difference in the motor. Maybe we could get uh, Skyler, who's written both of them, to see if there's uh, if there's really any noticeable differences between the two bikes. So hopefully we could do that. All right. Looks like Happy Dave is on his way in. As he's doing that, I'm gonna check in on this side of things. All right, let's see here. All right, so we've got coming up, I'm looking at the Baja Rally website. That's the next rally here uh, in uh, North America. Well, there's the Coda Rally coming up, and then you've got Baja Rally uh, September 26th through October 2nd. Uh, that is now going to be a six-day event, and I've seen some information on it, and I think uh, there's going to be some really good racing going on. Uh, some really good routes and stuff like that. So uh, that's an upcoming show, too, as well. I'm going to reach out to Scotty Bloom, uh, creator of the Baja Rally, and also the guy that curates and creates the stages uh, for the rally. Uh, so just to get a little bit more insight on what it takes to create a professional-level uh, stage uh, for racers to compete on and all of the things and maybe the nuances and stuff like that. So as, you know, the people that are listening and they're starting to make road books and things like that, as they grow or as you grow, uh, you kind of have an idea of what it takes, you know, what is a professional stage, you know, what is ready to go. So, but yeah, so that's the intro anyway. So it looks like we have happy Dave on the line. Happy Dave. Are you there? Hey, Victor, how are you, man? <laughs> What's going on, bud? How are you? All good, all good. Nice. All right, so where in the world are you? I don't even know where uh, you're Right now, I'm in Vegas where I live, and I'm just loading up the horses with my wife to go get an evening ride in with her. <laughs> nice. How's the weather out there? Is it, is it cooking yet? Uh, this I would say the last two weeks, probably the week we were in Sonora, and this week we are officially hitting our summer season. We're high 90s now and we'll probably stay that way and spend most of june and july and august over 100 so we're we're into it <laughs> uh oh okay well we're still waiting for that here in san diego so <laughs> oh really <laughs> <laughs> it should be fun so you rested recuperated from from sonora rally you know man i uh probably tmi but yes just in the last two days Mm -hmm. I am now uh, gaining weight again. Uh, you read be read between the lines and you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So tell us about the uh, the adventure. I mean, you had uh, this was a this was a good rally. It was an interesting rally, right? A lot of events for you. Yes, the, the, the rally was the rally. This was my second rally. And I it just so happened that I was able to do Sonora in 19. Mm -hmm. Um, this one was an adventure. It was, uh, my first rally. I went down to, to finish. I wanted to learn books. I wanted to learn 
what was going on, get my bearings. But this rally, I went down to compete. You know, the minimum goal was to finish. So, you know, you know the drill. When you start pushing, uh, you don't have a whole lot of speed to begin with, but you're still fairly quick. Mm-hmm. And you start stressing equipment and you start stressing your body, you know, up 10, 20, 30 percent. Mm-hmm. It was an adventure this year. It was I loved it. I'm thankful to be home. I'm thankful to be safe. Um, but I, I, I got to go back, man. I've, I've got to go back for not only a better race result, but better consistency uh, and really dive into the value that a lot of the guys that have been doing rally for a while and some newcomers they just have poise and patience and consistency, and they understand that a five-day rally race is a long time, and you just got to keep turning wheels. So uh, it was a great adventure, but yeah. uh, we got work to do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I was, in, you know, I was going to say it's hats off to you. So I saw you uh, a couple times, you know, through the stages and at the beginning of the stages, and I know that. Um, you know, like you said, there's there's stress on the equipment. There's stuff that that comes up because of that. Um, but nevertheless, you know, you're, you're smiling, you were focused, you know, you were, you were ready to go every time I saw you, which was, which was absolutely awesome. And <laughs> the heat and everything going on down there, I mean, it, it's not an easy thing. So hats off to you for that. That that's awesome. Well, thank you, man. That's, uh, like I mentioned Friday night, you know, when I was talking with Darren, it's, it really is about people and the, and the relationships that you build and the friendships that you build, like seeing your face every day was, you may not have realized it, but it was a huge element to start a big day with a level of comfort and a level of surety and a level of friendship. And is literally as something as you setting up and getting chips in our devices. And that's a, that's a friendly face when you're, when you're about, when you're under race stress and you want to perform um, having that presence and all of the people around that to me, that makes all the difference. I know personally for me, I'm not a top level racer. I'm, I'm a weekend warrior that just absolutely loves what we're doing. But you know, for the factory guys, yeah, they have a different plan. My plan is like, I feed off of that. And I think, I think the overwhelming majority of us do. So thank you for that. Thank you for being there and saying, Hey man, have a good day. Um, ride safe, ride smart, you know, all those helpful reminders. Um, but your presence alone does 90% of the work. So thank you for that. that. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's always good. It's always good talking to you guys. I love hearing the adventures and stuff like that, what you guys have, uh, what you guys have gone through. And, uh, so you, you came back with some hardware though, right? What was, uh, (laughs) yeah, I did, man. That was, that was a really nice thing. Um, I, I guess they call it the Sonora Spirit Spirit of Sonora Award, mm-hmm. uh, and and it was just a really nice thing that the organization blessed me with. Um, they, they they felt that uh, I, I had a I had a a presence that represented what the adventure is all about and what the state of Sonora is all about. Um, I was really thankful for that. You know, I think the first thing I said was, I probably shouldn't have said it. I think the first thing I said, is this thing going to make me faster? And I want to, <laughs> I want to earn one with a number on it. Like that probably wasn't the best thing to start with, but, um, yeah, it was really nice. I just, you know, the, the bivouac is a unique place. You know, it's a little different than like point to point racing and there's camp for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, you know, a rolling encampment where you develop friendships, you see camaraderie, you see, guys helping guys swap motors. You see other guys loaning their bikes to race. You see, hey, do you have an extra fuel filter or a fuel pump? Um, hey, I broke this. Do you have that? And it's just a really nice place. So it's almost like a, 
a, a really awesome spot of, you know, you're in the trenches with these people. And after a week's time, it's something else. So I just enjoy being around so many positive people. You know, we had four factory teams down there. So, you know, you see a little bit of the upper level stresses that go on, but it's still really, really fun. So um, I was thankful for that, but really um, I feed off of all of the people around us. Uh, so I'd, you know, I'd love to pump it back to everybody and especially my dear friend that passed in November, Chris Al, like if he was into rally racing, dude, he would get that award a hundred years in a row. He's like, like it just a zillion times anything I could ever be. So, uh, just a, a, a wonderful guy. And then my, of course, my story with meeting a native off the beach when I ran out of fuel on day three was one of those life experiences that you just, you just don't have often, and it was beautiful. This man, I ran out of fuel. I'm screaming on the beach. I'm freaking out. I was having the day of my, the race of my life, and he comes down just to check on me. There's no, there's no civilization for miles. He comes down with two beers just to check on me and, and gives me his bandana so I can wipe my face. And uh, he spent an hour and 30 minutes with me. He ended up getting me a bottle of water. We played tic-tac-toe on the back of my seat. We ran around the beach with his puppies. It was just this really cool thing, man. So I was thankful for that hardware. I, I, I really like the hardware. It's really awesome. Yeah. No, and that's a hundred and fifty percent, you know, well well deserved. And and I saw your social media and I saw that story and that was it's just awesome. It goes to show, you know, the the locals and how they get into uh get into the event as well and how everybody, you know, the 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 people of Sonora are. You know, that so it was that was pretty cool when I was when I was watching the story on Instagram, I was like, This is crazy. And I, I swear <laughs> I saw you wearing that bandana later. Uh, Did I not man. see that? Dude, I didn't <laughs> I didn't take that bandana off uh until I got home to take a shower. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That that's the those are the stories that, you know, here in a hundred years from now, it's it's gonna be one of those ones you keep. So that is that is awesome. And then I also saw uh saw some stuff. You had this one no namer guy, uh I'm trying to remember. I think he's won a couple Baja one thousands, eleven of them, I think. Johnny Campbell. He was over at your Jumped in and, and gave you a hand as well, right? Oh. Looks like we might have lost him there. So kind of filling in, but it like kind of like what he was, uh, what Dave was talking about is uh, everybody jumping in and giving a hand. And I walked over to Dave. You there? Yep. I'm, I'm back. Okay. I, I, sorry about that. No, nah, no worries. No worries. No worries. Um, yeah. So you had uh, Johnny Campbell over too. Giving you advice. <laughs> I was, it's just crazy to me because it's like, okay, here he is, like working with a whole factory team and everybody. And, and to him, that moment, you are a factory, you're on a Honda, you're like, you know, jumped in and, and gave you a hand as well. Man, how that came together is, I didn't lose you again, did I? No, 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 no. Okay, cool. So, how that comes together is, I run out of fuel Wednesday. I get fuel from G and Ace. They, they bring me in. They're awesome. I get in. Something is a little different with the bike. So uh, the, I get undressed. We check the bike out. I can't get it to fire again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, this sounds like valves. So I walk by the JCR 10 and the factory Honda uh, van, and I'm like, geez. You know, they've got Kendall. They've got Ricky. They've got Nacho. Their hands are full. I'm really hesitant to even ask, but I just don't know what to do. And I don't want my rally to be over. 
So I waited and I tried to wait until things died down a little bit. And then I just kind of snuck over when activity seemed to be low. And I was like, hey, do you think we might be able to do a quick valve check? And, dude, they jumped on my bike like there was no – like I was like I was Ricky. Nice. And and the tank's off. We're doing a valve check with – I think his name is Hyde. He's a mechanic from – a factory mechanic from Japan. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a valve check. Johnny's in the dirt, changing my pilot jet, checking hoses, looking at ground wires, looking at my coil. Like I couldn't believe it. And that's one of the things about rally is years ago when, when I was talking to Scott Bright, who is an incredible ambassador and racer of the sport, he said, Hey, read this book by Lawrence hacking. He was the first Canadian to finish Dakar. And if you still have an interest in rally after you read his 21 day journey at Dakar, when it was in Africa, Mm -hmm. then let's talk. And one of the things that stepped out in that book really stuck out to me was he said, Hey, listen, in rally, a C-speed rider has the opportunity to compete with a B-speed rider, and a B-speed rider has the opportunity to compete with an A-speed rider because rally is not all speed. It's intellectual, it's navigation, it's skill set, it's resourcefulness, it's all, it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it, the same, a part of like, a part of the theme of here I have Johnny Campbell from JCR Honda with his factory guys working on my, on my 450, and all in the spirit of rally, we're just gonna we're just gonna help this guy just to help him have fun, help him succeed however we can. Um, and and so much to the point that he absolutely cemented it. I'm right now. I'm on the hunt for anything between a 2019 and 2022 450X. Mm-hmm. As soon as soon as I get the bike, it's getting shipped to JCR, and I'm gonna ask them. Hey, I just need it prepped for a rally, and I need it adaptable for enduro and single track in the mountains and I will swap the parts between the two. Like that's the plan. That's what we're doing. Nice. There's no, if, there's no ifs, ands or buts. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and he knows a thing or two about Honda. He might've raced one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, it's, you know, it's so cool. Even cooler about that is dude, two years ago, it was quick side squirrel note. Yeah. Two, two years ago, I, I took my son to a really awesome Christian motocross camp called uh, panic rev. Mm-hmm. And we, we just have a good time. My son's on a 50. It's way underpowered for him. Anyway, he never complains the whole week. He's trying to climb Glen Ellen Hills. They, it won't go. He's just doing things that the bike won't do. Anyway, at the end of the event, they give out uh, some awards, some recognition awards. You know what my son gets? Hmm. For, for perseverance, he gets the Johnny Campbell Award. <laughs> so... Nice. So uh, Johnny doesn't know it yet, but there's something that's going to show up at the shop this week, and it happens to involve a few images from my son getting the Johnny Campbell Award, him on the dirt wrenching on my bike a week ago. Um, just to, you know, I mean, that's the least I could do to say thank you to a guy that's meant so much to the sport. And, he, and you know, it, it reminds me of Caselli, like be remembered as a person first and a racer second. Yeah. And to, to me, that's what Campbell's doing. I, you know, my, my first impression of him, I met him out at one of the Heron Hounds and it was funny because I, you know, I, I'd never actually met him and, and a mutual friend, uh, gnarly Dave, um, is, uh, you know, knows him and, and has worked in the pits and also, so I was hanging out with him and then he comes around and I'm just like, oh my God, this is Johnny Campbell. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> mind your manners, you know, this guy's probably, you know, he's, he's, he's been there, done that, you know, probably a little high strung. No, <laughs> I was like completely blow out. Like, dude, this guy's cool. You know? goofing off and i mean but you know when it's race time it's race time and preston was there you know his kid and doing the thing and it's like 
you could not pick them apart from anybody else in the pits other than, you know, they're wearing the brand, they're wearing the logo and they're supporting, you know. So it was really, really cool to see how down to earth they are, you know, and approachable and all that stuff. So exactly what you saw. Exactly. dude. I'll never forget it. In 2005, I'm down in Baja pre-running for the thousand Mm -hmm. and we're all coming up uh, outside of Mike's Sky Ranch. And I saw I saw Johnny coming up behind us pre-running by himself. So I was the last one on a gate, and I just happened to stand there and wait for him so he could pass through and I would close the gate. Mm-hmm. And he, he pulls up, sees what I'm doing, stops, gets off his bike, and I'm like, no, Johnny, keep going. I got the gate. He's like, I want you to go enjoy the rest of your pre-run with your friends. I got the gate. Hustle on. Don't let him get out of sight. Huh. And I was like, and, and, and he's reigning champ at this time. Oh, yeah. five. He was, he's still reigning, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was my first experience with the Johnny Camel. <laughs> and he, he's, he's the real deal, man. Yeah, I absolutely. hundred percent agree. Very nice. So you mentioned something earlier and now we're going to rewind this all the way back to the beginning. So Scott Bright was the one that told you to read Lawrence Hacking's book. Y- yes. Okay. Yes. And what happened after that? <laughs> I mean, here we are today, but you know, <laughs> what was that like? Okay, I'm getting a road book. Like, you know, I'm I'm gonna get into this. What was that about? Well, the, the first thing that happened was my bank account changed. Okay, and <laughs> and uh, and then my wife thought I was crazy, and 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 long story short, l- literally, man, I said I'm gonna figure this out. Uh, I I don't know much about it. I'm gonna go buy a 500. I bought a 500. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I deck it out, get it ready to do long distance stuff. And then I have a moment of truth where, man, I got two young kids. This is going to require a lot of time and a lot of money away from home or, or money, a lot of money and a lot of time away from home. <coughs> Excuse me. And I said, you know, I, I, maybe not. And I actually sold the 500, got a 450 XCF. I'll go do GPs and single day races. I'll be home in the evening. Everything's good. Well, then Scotty throws a free school out in Pahrump and says, you read the book. You were going to get into it. At least come out for a free school. What are you worried about? And we go out there, him and Ned, who is also a Dakar finisher. Mm -hmm. They slap on a road book. We jerry-rig it together. They give me a road book. And literally 70 kilometers later, I'm absolutely hooked. There's a note that I've been out to now three times. Mm-hmm. because that's the note that hooked me. It was a note that was about, there were two notes about two tenths of a kilometer apart. Very similar notes on very similar cap headings with very similar tulips. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the story behind it was the first time I tried it, I got, I was wrong. I could see camp. I could see the trucks off in the distance. I got so frustrated. I beelined it across the desert to the trucks. I come in, Scotty can tell I'm dejected. I haven't figured this out. And he, he literally grabs me by the helmet and says, turn around and get back out there. I turn around. I went back out there. I was like, wow, that wasn't really, he didn't really coddle me much. And, and, and I go, I go back out. I can't figure it out. I, I get it wrong again. I come back in this time. Scotty knows I'm at the point of, okay, he might be done. And he says, Hey, listen, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you're only three and a half kilometers from the end of the book. Follow the book backward from right here. It's going to put you at the correct spot. When you get there, you're going to see what your mistake was. 
And he was dead on, man. I went back. I, I did the book backwards where it said, make a left. I made a right. I swapped the cap headings by 180 degrees every time. And I got there and I realized what we all know now is one of the cardinal rules in rally. If you don't come to your tulip or things aren't jiving, go a little bit further and the sky's probably going to open up and you're probably going to see everything you want to see. Nice. And, and what I realized was, is when I was coming up the book from the correct approach, mm-hmm. I hadn't gone far enough and it was literally about a hundred meters. Okay. And that was the lesson I learned. That's what hooked me on rally. I came back in with a smile. Scotty says, always go a little bit further. This is not an exact science. It's an art. Give yourself time. And I really hope that you come back and rally. And I was absolutely hooked, man. I called Scott Whitney. I called Scotty. I called Alex Martins. And I said, guys, I'm in. Let's roll. What do we do? What do I got to do now? And I called Rally Moto Shop, got my nav equipment. And then it was like, okay, find time to run books. And that, that was the start, man. Nice. And that, it was that aha moment <laughs> where you didn't like, well, you rode off into the sunset twice, but Scott Bright made it sure to turn you around. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, man, I mean, I don't know if you know Scott, but he's one of those guys that gives back to the sport at a level that rare that I, I don't know if I've seen much at all. Um, he doesn't say much. He's a warrior and he's resourceful and he's one of those guys that you want to be like. Mm-hmm. Aside from just his speed, you just want to you want to have an aura like him where he talks with his actions yeah. and he shows up and he's tough, um, but he will always give you what you need mm-hmm. um, without spelling it out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, you know, give a man a fish and you feed him, but teach a man to fish and you feed his family like yeah. it's 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 that kind of thing. And, and I just love that about that guy. And I'm really thankful for him. We have a nice friendship outside of rally, and I'm really thankful for his friendship because, um, you know, we, we're two grown men. I actually think I'm a little older than him, but he teaches me something every time I talk to him. <laughs> he he really does have a presence every time he shows up to the to the line. You know, start and end. It's kind of the same. You know, kind of quiet. I don't want to say soft spoken, just you know, quiet, focused. You know, doing his thing and. And but, you know, yeah, I've seen, you know, I've turned around and next thing I know, he's like, you know, wrenching on somebody's bike or he's taking the time to explain something to somebody. Uh, I saw him do it at Baja Rally a couple of times where he just kind of takes somebody aside and and talk to them about the road book and, and just kind of like, you know, a little uh, orientation, I guess you should say. And just not a lot of people do that, you know. No, it, indeed, man. I've, I've had a chance to spend a little bit of time with Skylar over the last year. And he, that was one of the first things he told me when I told him, you know, that I was friends with Scott and he's like, dude, he goes, that guy is so cool. He goes a few years ago, here we are one and two fighting for the win. at I think one of the, it was, I think it was a Sonora rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's like, here Scott is at the end of the day, telling me and correcting me how to make some changes to become a better navigator. And here we are fighting for the, we're, we're fighting to win. <laughs> No, you especially don't see that at the top. <laughs> right, man. Right, 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 right. That's awesome. That is awesome. So what um, now you're you're on the hunt for a new bike. You got Indeed. towers and all that stuff. So do you have an idea what rally towers you're going to be going with? Like what are you going to set it up or just going to hand it over to JCR? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I I've got. I, I need to talk to JCR a little bit more mm-hmm. because there's a bunch of great, great products out there. So the tower I have now was actually fabbed up and created by Garrett mm-hmm. uh, when he was with Skyler. Mm-hmm. And but I know Moto Minded and Mason Klein, they have the Moto Minded towers. They absolutely love those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also looking at some of the European versions of some towers. So the exact tower, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. I want to talk to JCR um, because for what I want to do with this next bike is make it really, really adaptable mm-hmm. um, and kind of learn what products are out there that I can run on and run off. You know, if I want to go to South Fork and rip a two-day enduro in August, then I can rip some stuff off and be good. And then if I want to come home Monday and go run a road book on Tuesday, then all I got to do is slap on a tower, plug a few wires in, and I'm gone. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely a few, uh, you know, like you said, there's there's a few options. And especially uh, the Hondas now. It seems like, you know, now now that they're, um, they they, (laughs) they backed it up. Two years in a row at Dakar, uh, more people are looking at the Hondas and setting them up as rally bikes. I know Rebel X just was released a kit. Uh, I know that the Sonora Tower from RMS is also is also good. I'm not sure if the Moto Minded one will fit, but I know that one's tough. I saw what uh, what Jacob Argybright did to it, and and it, that thing is perfect. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm glad you me- I'm glad you mentioned the one at RMS too, because Matthew Glade up at RMS, he's an awesome guy as yeah. as well. <laughs> and I actually need to do some more research on the, the specific Sonora tower just for the Honda. So I, I got to do that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, and it's, you, you just got to look at all the options because there are a lot of options now. But you have uh, in a specific way you have like, OK, well, I need something that's that's on and off easily and, and quick to do. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's of course uh, that's of course. But there is always the dream that a rally replica bike uh, finds a home in my garage. So uh, <laughs> now, would it be a Honda or would you, or would you go back to uh, maybe a KTM? You, you know, man, I, I'll, uh, I, my son's got a CR 70. My daughter's got a two fifty. Uh, I think a TRX. Um, I, I think it could be a Honda, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know what? I mean, they're. I mean, obviously, the, the bike is. They're they're awesome bikes. And looking at the factory ones, I'm sure you know you had a chance to look at them. And it's just, it's absolutely crazy how like designed and overbuilt they are um, to work. So, and, and these new ones, I know are are good. Oh, they're uh, they're bulletproof. Yeah. They they're they're bulletproof. Yep. So now it's just the towers <laughs> are there. Just find some tanks, and and then next thing you know, you're out hunting waypoints down. Yes. Wow. <laughs> nice. So what's the uh, what's the next rally? What are you doing next? You know, I think, uh, gosh, man, I uh, there's a chance for, you know, some of the Baja rallies in the fall. But to be honest, I think the next one I'm going to hunt is the Rally du Maroc uh, a year from October. My original plan was actually to do Rally du Maroc mm-hmm. this October. Okay. But COVID and um, I had reached out to Bart at Bass KTM mm-hmm. and he was he was and he was good with me hiring them for support to do a fly and ride package. And uh, when I reached out to him in February, uh, I said, hey, I'd like to get some flights and book him as early as possible. You know, what do you think? He said, you know, man, COVID right now in Europe and Africa is still gnarly. Um, right now, it's kind of 50-50 whether the event's even going to happen. We've already 
canceled the first round of the World Rally Series, and the second one's being rescheduled. And I was like, oh, geez, am I going to train all year for my one rally? And then it not happened. So I made a few phone calls. Skyler was one of them, who's always cool. He always provides great feedback and information for me. And he said, dude, he goes, he goes, go to Sonora, leave yourself options for maybe something else in North America. And, and then, you know, yeah, you won't be checking the bucket list of racing across the African desert. He goes, but, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to do a few more rallies close to home before you make the investment to go all the way to Africa. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, that is, that is great advice. But, you know, I, that is, I believe in 2022, um, I'm going to try to get to Africa because I really want to get on a bike with eight gallons. I really want to, those bikes are longer. They're, they're they tend to be stronger. Um, and, and I don't know if I'll ever stress them to their limits, but I just want to feel what a real rally bike operates like and rides like. Um, cause all these guys say it's, it's butter. They're mm-hmm. like, man, I'll never, I'll never ride a modified vehicle again. These rally bikes are incredible. Yeah. Well, and that's, that was one of the questions we just talked, uh, we talked with Mason about when we were talking about the 450 and versus the rally bike and, and the, exactly what you just said is like, it which surprised me. I was like, okay, well, yeah, you know, the 450 is light and nimble and all this stuff. But he said, no, the, the rally bike just handles so much better, you know? So I don't know yeah, what it is. <laughs> I, dude, I think it's like, I, I think one of the things is obviously the geometry of the frame and also the swing arm is longer. I, I want to say the bike is four to six inches longer than our bikes really you know you know and then and then the 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 center mass of gravity being so low with the tanks and the water i don't think water is required anymore on the bottom but mm-hmm. everything down low and i love dude i love i love when mason said it like just we, we just got to squirrel for a second when yeah. mason said the skid plate is so big you can hit anything i was like <laughs> i was like dude and i'm like so that's what he thinks and here i am thinking I don't want to bottom out because my feet are going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. But, well, you but know? I mean, these, these things do. I mean, I think that, that when they have the cone valve set up and all that stuff, that's where they're supposed to, you know, not do that. But still, I mean, it's just, it, you don't, um, that's what we were talking about. Like, we know that the rally bikes are light versus what they used to be. Um, but still, at some point, it's got to remind you that it is a heavy bike, you know, heavier than the the 450 motocrosser that you use in a sprint race. So, yep, a- absolutely. And when and when I'm full of fuel, you know, the characteristics of the bike are completely different than when I'm half tank. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I noticed, even riding with Skyler uh, at Scott, another Scott Bright free rally school last May, and one of the things I saw with Mason when we ran a few books in prep for Sonora for this year, was those guys have an incredible skill to let those bikes drift, and and they're they're used to the both the front and rear uh, dancing mm-hmm. and sliding. Uh, and you know, you know, two wheel power slides and just, and really cool, you know, you got to turn right to go left type thing. Like it's just the next level skill set. and those big bikes, you know, they do, they dance. Um, but with those, with the, with riders of that skill level, they're dancing in organized chaos. Like those guys know where the bikes are. The bikes are predictable. 
and they're using the bike's inertia and all of its physics to its advantage. And it's really poetry to watch these guys. It is. Well, it, you know what blows me? It blows my mind is the 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 dunes. Watching these guys go through the dunes with these bikes. Like, yeah, in some places you can tell, oh, yeah, look, it looks like a heavy bike. And in other ones, they're just like launching these dunes. I mean, just absolutely <laughs> launching this stuff. It's stuff you see like in Glamis in the old, you know, dirt bike videos where these guys are launching from dune to dune. And I'm like, this is a rally bike. You know, what happens if you swap out? I mean, it's like, no, they just send these things. <laughs> they they send them their suspensions are tuned but make no mistake their skill set is yeah. so high um like even on fr- even on day five mm-hmm. you know when there was a small section of big dunes and i was really enjoying the routes that i could tell the leaders were taking mm-hmm. and it was just amazing because like side note at that point of the rally for me the bike was either going to blow up or I was going to get to the finish. That's where my mind was on day five through some of the challenges I went through. Yeah. So I was pinning and I, I, I couldn't have ridden the bike any faster. And even, even a bike that was an, it's an old Skylar house bike. So I know it's got the ability and the power to do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even giving it the berries. I couldn't follow some of the lines these guys were taking. <laughs> they were like, like I'm talking like if the cap says 91, Mm-hmm. These guys were going more or less 89, 92. That was it, man. And and I'm talking over monster dunes, off camber dunes. They're like, I'm going 30 meters off camber and washing out. They're going 300 meters in a straight line. Wow. Gnarly. Yeah. So gnarly. God, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like... How, like to me, I just think about it with these bikes in the dune, and then all the weight and all this stuff. How do you look at that and just go, yeah, "I'll make it"? <laughs> <laughs> do you they know, question you know, it? Do they check up? Do they, you know, do a little song right before? What do they do? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if the factory guys will ever tell us they do, or if they, <laughs> or if they ever did. But you know, R- Ricky said something that it was it was kind of eye opening. Man, I went to a Jimmy Lewis school in February. Mm-hmm. Ricky was there with. Uh, Kendall and Jake and some other guys and Jimmy asked him, you know, like, Hey Ricky, why do you keep coming and continuing to train here? And Ricky really like without hesitation said, there's always something to learn and there's always a way to get better at it. And I'm still learning every day. And you know, you, you if, if you weren't there, that might be cliche and it might be a nice thing to hear from a champion, mm-hmm. but sitting there, I felt that it was authentic yeah. And and then when we're out there training, doing drills, and I'm watching Ricky, there's no doubt. His approach to this craft mm-hmm. is absolutely focused and pinpoint. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, dude, he he literally ran the road book that we ran on day two with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Dude, he ran the road book with no equipment. Oh, wow. No no odometer mm-hmm. and no, no cap heading. Mm-hmm. All he did was follow the road book. Wow. So just basically feeling it out. Yeah. That's insane. That, yeah, I mean, like, that's something that you don't like. I didn't know that. I, I, why would I ever know that? Like, but that, you know, that's that's crazy. Yeah. It, it just gives you it, it gives you like an eagle's eye. It gives you a snapshot yeah. into the and how advanced their training and practices. Yeah. I mean, that's like literally jumping in the car right now driving and saying okay i'm gonna drive exactly one mile obviously it's kilometers but 
I'm going to drive one mile without looking at the odometer and nailing it. Because like what you said earlier, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you know, it's a hundred meters difference is all the difference in whether you're going to make the road book or not. That's, totally. Yeah, that that's crazy. And we and we're at a disadvantage here in the States. I mean, not to say, but, you know, rally raid and road books and stuff like that is is newer here than it is in basically the rest of the world. Totally. So. Totally. Like like kilometers. Like, I mean, I have two or three friends that. You know, I'm, I slobber on all the time, like, get into rally, get into rally, get into rally. And I, I still have to tell them every day, hey, man, 1.6 kilometers is one mile. So that's the math. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, you know, if it was up to me, I, yeah, let's go to the metric system. I love in 3D printing and stuff like that. I, I rather work in millimeters anyway than than in inches. But, yeah, it's just it's. I guess yeah, it would take some getting used to. I know I heard something about a drill where he does like a square kilometer, one kilometer out, one kilometer left, one kilometer left, one kilometer left to come back to the same spot. Yeah, totally, man, and that was awesome. I listened to I, if I'm if I'm correct, I think that was the podcast that you did with Argubright. Yeah. I listened I listened to it on the way down to Sonora uh, a few weeks ago, so that was really cool. And yeah, that that was a drill that we did. Um, we just went out and said, okay, pick ninety. And then 180, 270, 360, and see if you come back to the place you started. <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was really revealing. Like we were, we had to manage our own distance and we had to manage our own cap heading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all five of us would go out and all five of us would return to a different spot. <laughs> 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 Everybody kind of hanging out, going, "Okay, is he did? Did he go this far? Okay, maybe I should follow him." You know, <laughs> right? And That's then, awesome. and then, and Rick and Ricky's doing wheelies while he's nailing the distance in the cap <laughs> <laughs> to the millimeters, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, you know, I guess I guess that could be a good game, right? You know, who gets the worst? Who gets tire duties at the bivouac or air filter duties at the bivouac? Oh, totally. Wh- whoever's closest to exactly four kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah oh man yeah I, I heard about that game and then i heard another one of uh, what was it i think it was with paul neff or one of the other competitors that they were i think kyle mccoy and him were helping him out and uh we were talking about it, and it was, i guess one of the waypoints and i told him i'm going whoa, whoa, whoa you're the you're the rookie you're the one that has to take the hit you get to open the waypoints yeah, right. not everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the newcomers' rule. <laughs> that you know, dude, it's cool that you say that. That was my first introduction to the mental strategies of racing rally. In my first rally, it was day two or day three. We got into the dunes, mm-hmm. and there was a waypoint uh, issue with the road book, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and I, you know, and I realized I'm like, man, this guy Jim Pearson has a low number. Why is he here? Because I came up on him. And I'm like, okay, I know that guy's fast. Why is he here? And they were both literally sitting on a dune right where I came in. But my book said to keep going a little bit further. So I didn't realize it at the time, but they had been there for a while. They couldn't collect the waypoint. They were waiting for somebody else to come to try to figure it out. So they didn't have to open it and take the the 20 minute, 30 minute penalty. (laughs) So, so I, I don't know what's going on at this moment in time. I, I follow the book. I don't find the waypoint. I start doing circles. Now I'm starting to go. That's why these guys are waiting. And 
I'm like, all right, cool. So I beeline it right to him, and I'm like, yo, I figured it out. You're waiting for me to open the waypoint. I'm here to finish this thing. I know you guys are on time. All right, um, beers tonight or at the end of the week on you, I'll open the waypoint. And Pearson goes, you're on. So I hit the rally. I hit the rally comp. I opened it. I took us right to it. We all collected it. And then those two guys took off. I never saw them again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to have to wait. But did Jim make good on his on his promise? Uh, He absolutely did. He's always legit. (laughs) He's legit. (laughs) Yes. The the relationship between him, Mike, him and Mike Johnson is just crazy. And then, you know, throw Mo Hart in there. And also, and these guys just talking smack the whole time. It's so great. It, <laughs> it's crazy. It really is. For, for a week out of the year, it's like your family quadruples in size. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so right, man. You're, yeah. I, I love coming out of these weeks, and like we're still having communication with a lot of the folks from the rally, um, and it is. I, I think my wife sometimes gets a little annoyed because it's all I talk about, but um, <laughs> she, uh, she supports it, so I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah, nice. Has, has she been out to any of the events with you? Uh, you know, man, t- you know, two two weeks before Sonora, mm-hmm. uh, we were up, her and I, uh, we enjoyed a 4 a.m. drive out to Baker. And for the first time, she chased me around the desert. And we just spelled out a real good chase plan. Um, I needed to get some miles in, and she chased me. But true to form, the first uh, checkpoint to refuel and to make sure everything was cool, um, I told her, I said, hey, listen, it's about 30 miles away for you. Um, based on what I'm looking at, I think it's going to take me about an hour. So I'll see you. They melted away there. Dave, you there? Got you, bud. Oh, yeah, there you are. There you are. And uh, so so I saw it's about 35 miles. I just get done with like a 35-mile washboard two-track. Okay, this thing hasn't been graded in 30 years. (laughs) And the side-by-sides have been ripping it for the last 10. Yeah. So I come in to get fuel, and the only thing she – she just looks at me, and she goes, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said uh, how long you been here? And she goes, too long. She goes, you got three more checkpoints to hit, so get your fuel and get out of here. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Oh, that's uh, that's awesome. And so, okay, so so she's coming to one of the events. It hasn't been. She's been helping you train a little bit. But. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm working Scotty Bright to to tell me. I think he's taking his wife to uh, coast to coast, which mm-hmm. he said is more like a tropical rally. So that's what um, I've heard. Yeah, uh, maybe my wife will come with me to Morocco, and we can slip out to Casablanca. I'm not sure yet, so we'll work on it. Yeah. Well, and that's the like um, I'm I'm sure I mean, you probably maybe sent pictures or she saw, but it's like the bivouacs are actually a cool place to hang out at. You know, they're usually in some pretty cool spot where you can do something, or you're close enough to town where you could go, you know, hang out and do, and you know, there's just stuff to do and and places to see. And I and I've heard that about. Um, I haven't done coast to coast. I haven't been. I was close two years ago uh, to go down and help uh, with rally comp uh, three years ago now. I think. But I heard the same thing. It's just the places that they run through down there are just absolutely amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Heard the same. I actually heard the same about Roadrunner down mm-hmm. at, at Cloverleafs out of Cabo. Yes. So, you know, who knows? I, I don't know if that event's still going, but I, I think there's options. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, and that's the thing is like I'm trying to like you. Um, I'm sure you maybe heard they have another one here stateside, the Coda Rally. I yes, I've heard oh, of that. that. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna work on trying get getting a hold of those guys and and talk to them maybe for the following week. But um, but yeah, so there's you know there's another option. And I was looking at some of their social media today, and they're posting some of the areas that you're gonna be riding through. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be nice. So. Yes, I think, and I think Mason's going to be there, so yeah. you'll have a, a friendly, familiar face. Okay, that's um, good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Don't know anybody, but then there's Rally family, so it doesn't matter. Everybody knows everybody. It doesn't matter. You, by the end of the week, you're bu- you'll be best friends. True, totally yeah. true. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So horses are loaded. You're on your way out. Uh yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't handed me the pitchfork yet, so I think I'm good. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll let you go before that happens. We don't. We we, we want her on the, on the good side. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So, well, cool. So it sounds like we'll uh, we're gonna see you at a few more rallies uh, with the jacket, yeah, of totally. course. Dude, that jacket is awesome. That <laughs> is like the 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 trademark, the signature. Like it. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm glad you like it. I. I hmm. I got another one too. <laughs> oh, you got another one. Yeah, there was uh, who's, yeah. that's uh, Mira, right? M I R A. Yeah, dude, Mira, uh, Marik, and Garrett—they are s- super nice people. And the name of their company is uh, Sentimental, um, named after their daughter, oh. who uh, lives with a very rare form, I think, of sound, of Down syndrome. Um, and she is just the, the, the apple in their eye. It's just a, a beautiful story of a family company and it's taken off. And like now they're, they're making jackets and jerseys and pants and, um, and it's moving very quickly for them. Awesome. Um, and I, and I love, and I just, I love supporting them because like, I don't know about you, but y- you never know when you're designing something in graphics or something creative, you know, you have something in to get it to a physical state can sometimes be a challenge mm-hmm. and i can tell you man my, i am I, but until we get to what i feel i really want it may be a while mm-hmm. and working with them was incredible marique designed exactly what i wanted and i sent her forwards and backwards and sideways multiple times mm-hmm. and all she ever did was want to get to the we were going and she was never impatient. So uh, awesome. a, a great plug for them. They're awesome yeah. people to work with. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll um, on the uh, on the off channel this, and we're gonna I'm gonna have this uh, up for Sunday. Um, I'll I'll get uh, uh, links and stuff like that, and you know I, I I love sharing that kind of stuff. You know the the, the companies and the stuff that support you know the sport, especially uh, for as resources here in the U.S. Like okay, where where do I get jackets? Where do I get equipment? Where do I learn how to do this stuff? You know. So, so we'll definitely get, uh, I'll get some information from you on that. Get them, get them some recognition. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and a quick note that I, I gotta, I gotta recognize you. Cause you know, I was just, I, I was actually on a podcast last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and another gentleman who just got a, he's got a passion to learn people's stories, meet new people. And just a shout out to you that the effort and the passion that you put into, sharing other people's stories and putting them in the spotlight. Like to me, that says a lot about 
you and what you represent. So just thank you for seeking other people's stories out because like my father raised me under Dale Carnegie's principles. And when you get other people talking about themselves, it unlocks the door for, to me, very rich relationships. So um, just thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for allowing me to share uh, the, the fun that I have in rally. Um, but more importantly, like, I hope this is just the first of many conversations that you and I have yeah. and that we, that we enjoy dirt biking and rallying um, for a long time to come whenever we see each other um, because of efforts like this that you make. Yeah. So like plugging you like on your deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. I really, I really do appreciate that. And this is like, I mean, for me, this is like the fun part, you know, it's um, I, I, I was talking to another friend and I told him I'm going, I'm not posting a podium picture of Sonora rally. Everybody's got a podium picture. I'm posting the pictures of you guys at the start, you guys coming back at the finish, which is really only where I saw you guys. But that, that and the stories and the, the what you guys do and all of this, that's the stuff that's going to inspire people to get out there. You know, um, I mean, not not to downplay anything, any kind of effort that the, the top guys have put into it. But, you know, you guys and, and what you're doing and what everybody's doing and as they're growing in the sport and helping the, the sport grow, that story needs to get out there. That needs to be out. So I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Oh, that's rad, man. Rally yeah. happy. That's what I keep saying. There you go. <laughs> and it is. And I, you know what? And that's going to be the new thing. And, and it's very true. For a week out of the year or whenever you're at one of these events, your family just grows exponentially. And it is it is one of the most awesome things. So I'm looking forward to seeing you at more rallies as well. Awesome, man. Me too. <laughs> so. Well, it sounds like uh, I'm looking out the window, too. We've got a pretty good sunset going out here in, uh, in San Diego, so I'm sure you got one to look at and, and some horses to ride. So I will let you get to it. Awesome, man. Dude, awesome spending some time with you. And, um, yep, I'm going to go grab my pitchfork. I got my duties. <laughs> All right, sir. Dave, thank you very much for taking the time. Awesome. I appreciate it. Awesome. Talk to you soon, man. That sounds good. We'll see you soon. Okay, bud. All righty, bud. See you. Bye. All right, so that was Dave Martin, or otherwise known as Happy Dave. You guys will recognize the picture once I put that up on uh, the website for Chasing Waypoints. Uh, you will see this episode on Sunday. I keep talking about it. It is barely Tuesday evening, and yeah, pretty killer sunset. I'm inside. Maybe I should be outside right now. But anyway, so... Uh, you guys will see that. Uh, I will get some more information from Dave and so we can get uh, some of the companies that have helped them. A big shout out um, to Johnny and Johnny Campbell and all of the JCR guys for jumping in and helping Dave and, and looking at that and, and helping them out. It's it's really, really cool to see um, everybody. And, and that goes, you know, Skyler and Andrew Short and everybody. Everybody is just so approachable. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, I've been to a lot of off-road races. I've done some off-road racing and four-wheel vehicles and stuff like that. And there was always that certain, you know, kind of attitude that, you know, that, that status and that kind of stuff. And man, in a bivouac, it's a whole nother story. It really is. Mason said it last week too, in the episode, uh, about, you know, it's, it's like meeting people that when they're behind a road book, it's a whole nother story, right? They're the nicest people. And, and that's, and that's very, very true. So if you are curious, even remotely curious about getting into rally, uh, start studying up. I think that's a really good, uh, really, really good idea. I'm actually hadn't really thought about it. But uh, as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm headed over to uh, find Lawrence Hacking's book, ordering myself a copy. And I'm going to be reading that. 
just because it's it's more experience. We did have an episode with Lawrence. If you rewind back a few episodes or subscribe and you can download them, um, you can hear his experience uh, with both Dakar and Rally Mongolia and some of the other rallies that he's done, uh, which is really, really, really cool. So uh, I will be getting that book coming, reading it, maybe post some uh, or maybe a quote or two. Uh, depending what I find, but I'm absolutely stoked. And I hope uh, that you guys that are listening to the podcast and are learning some stuff and are liking it, uh, subscribing, sharing, that kind of stuff. But more importantly, uh, I hope to meet you guys in one of the bivouacs. So that is awesome. We are coming up. Uh, Baja Rally is going to be the next event that I'll be down to. Uh, but we'll see. we got that Coda Rally coming up as well. So I'll be looking up the dates and trying to talk to them and see a little bit more information uh, on what they are doing, uh, because we're going to have a rally stateside is what I'm hearing. So hope everybody is well. Hope everybody had a great week. It was productive. Don't forget to follow us on social media, chasing waypoints underscore official on Instagram or chasing waypoints on Facebook, chasing waypoints.com and on YouTube, which is going to start to see some more activity. So I really, really hope to run into you guys. If you do come up, say hi, I really, really enjoy running into people, and especially if uh, if the podcast has helped you get interested into Rally Raid. So anyway, that's enough for today. We'll see you guys next Sunday.